Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Do you want a beer? Always. Talk to other detailing professionals about what you do. Wow. Come to Mobile Tech Expo 2022. We'll save a seat for you up on stage so you can enjoy a cold beer and some community. Sheldon, what can you tell us about the Pints of Polishing podcast being with Mobile Tech Expo 2022? So this is something we started in 2020, kind of on a whim. You and I were just talking about it. I thought it was a good idea. We'll have a stage set up and um, Marshall and his team will be, you know, recording all day. And there's also a bar right there. So you can come by and get a free beer, but you're going to have to get up there and talk to Marshall about, you know, what you learned at the show or why you come to the show or what you think people need to know about the show that they missed. So you got to, you know, talk a little bit, but there's a free beer in it for you. So think it's pretty cool and I hope a lot of people take advantage of it there's definitely it started in Vegas of 19 oh it was Vegas uh, right yeah and we just kept yelling community out all over the place 2020 everybody said the same thing it just it becomes a big party a lot of people come around it's a great time while you're intermixing with all the different other uh places there that you can go to the different booths stop by grab a beer and uh let's have some community Absolutely. Cheers to that. <laughs> Sheldon, where do people register for Mobile Tech Expo? Uh, everything is at mobiletechexpo.com. Uh, if you want to save 15%, you know, get a little bit off, uh, use code PINTS, P-I-N-T-S, and that'll save you the 15% off the expo floor or the full education day uh, pass. So make sure you take advantage of that and sign up soon. We are thinking the education day could sell out. So get those passes sooner than later. All right, Sean, thanks so much, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Take care. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. I'm joined today by Nick Walters, and you can find us on most platforms at HyperClean Store. But the best way to get in touch with us is go direct to Facebook, HyperClean Specialist Facebook group, and uh, have some really great interactions there. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. And we say that each week, but it gets better and better. Hopefully for years to come, we'll be saying it more and more. <laughs> Listen, Nick, I'm diving into uh, Sam Adams Reunion IPA. It's interesting. Yesterday I was at, oh, no, it was a couple of days ago, I was, I was at this lunch and was talking to people, some people from up in the Northeast that had come down into Tulsa for some strange reason, don't know why, and started chatting and they were curious about our podcast. Want to know how much into the beer we got and you know, what all different things we go into. I go, listen, man, my, my co-host, my partner, he drinks one beer. So, you know, we don't dive into beer too much, but, uh, but overall, you know, we have a good time drinking beer and trying beer. I I wish we knew more about beer, but uh, I'm drinking the reunion IPA in this Sam Adams little uh, thing I got that, uh, well, you know, I figure if a lot of people are going to go uh, do reunions for uh, Thanksgiving, I know we get to see some people that we don't normally get to see. So what about you guys? You you do anything for uh, Thanksgiving? No, we have more of a Christmas thing this year. So more people are going to be traveling in uh, kind of after the holiday. So, you know, we'll have family visit between 
now and the end of the year, you know, staggered here and there, some people, some different weeks than others, that kind of thing. But, you know, look, it's, this is a great time of year. You know, it's just kind of like everybody gets a little more relaxed. Everybody, you know, has a few more days off. It seems like people can decompress and, uh, you know, look, we all need that from time to time. All right. Decompressing for Nick. I mean, what in the world does mm-hmm. that even look like? I mean, is that for what, like 30 minutes? Is that? Like, yeah, that's not I my mean, thing. Yeah. yeah you, you know me a long time now. Like that, that's not it. I, I have the disease of, I can't stand bunches of days off. Like I can't just doesn't work for me. You know, I, I hate weekends because it's like, you know, I kind of get out of my flow and you know, that kind of thing. So long weekends, although I'll enjoy them now that, that, that I have a daughter a little bit more, it's still like, uh, what are we doing here? So, you know, we did a, like a water filtration project at my house this weekend. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I got to try to fill the time with something. So honey, do list are piling up. Yeah. Well, honey, do list usually turns to me saying, uh, who can we hire to do this? Cause I hate housework. Oh, listen, I'm there too. When, when God. my girlfriend moved in and you know, the stories has been funny yeah. as I, I then have to go into their, the kids rooms and like put stuff together for them. Right. Like I got oh, a brutal. Oh yeah. Fucking brutal. And to hang something on a wall. Oh, oh man. dude, We just had this baby gate fiasco. What a scam. This baby gate shit is like, what a scam they don't have. So we have, banisters like every house ever going up and down the steps right it's basically code and then they make these baby gates where they don't really work with banisters that well as if they didn't know where the baby gate's going so i'm like finagle i'm using shims i'm I'm like you know what so then we do it this is the priceless part so one at the top of stairs is done no problem for whatever reason we bought a different one for downstairs within two seconds the baby had the gate down I just spent like two hours. I was like, she's going to be an engineer like her old man. (laughs) Dude, I was so pissed. I just like started laughing. Like I was uncontrolled. I'm like, this is, I'm like, Amazon's got to hate us because it's like the fifth baby gate we fooled around with. And what a racket baby stuff is. I mean, what a racket. Speaking of hyperclean's closing down folks, we're going to be starting baby stuff because this (laughs) shit is unbelievable what they get paid for. It is stupid. Mm. Well, I'm glad you have baby gate issues because I got holes in my wall issues of where I was trying to figure out where that stud was and I thought I had it. So I'd nail in. I go, God damn it. Move Man. over. Not damn it. And I miss it again. I miss it. And I know you're supposed to have this stud finder. I get it. Well, I was trained in the old school motherfucker ways where you knock, knock on the wall. <laughs> you figure it yeah, out. And dude. I got about 15 different nail holes before. We're going to have to buy a bigger picture. So it, it's, look, man, I, everybody's different around the holidays. You know, I've been getting a lot of texts from detailers and everybody's the funny thing that seems to be taking off though. My opinion on Turkey, wildly popular. People don't like it. I don't know why we're cooking the shit. Does anybody know? Why are we cooking Turkey? You know how many people don't like it? I mean, I get so many text guys like, yeah, dude, don't like Turkey either. Don't like Turkey either. It's like, why are we doing this dance? We never had Turkey growing up. great family i wish my family never had the stuff it's terrible i started making us eat turkey about like two (laughs) two or three years ago man i'm like we gotta eat turkey it's thanksgiving that's what you do oh horrible and here's the thing when deep fried doesn't make it great that's how you know it's not good 
Yeah. Like I they mean, can the deep fry a Snickers. The problem with turkey is that usually people cook them too long. Hundred percent. It's a dry bird, and it's just you got to keep it moist. Yeah, dude. It's uh, let me tell you something. So you guys are going the ordering route, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is one thing you know we haven't done buy or sell yet, but this is what I'm buying. Okay. I'm just buying the holidays being easy and chill. And when you have to cook a lot of stuff, that's never going to happen unless you have like a world-class chef as a grandma, a mom, you know, I, I have a whole Italian side of my family. They were kind of like this where cooking a lot of food wasn't stressful. They just kind of do it so much that it's not that stressful, but you've been around those households where you're like, Hey, this is stress. So the ordering process, the only good thing is we ordered a, uh, so we tried to order a meal from a local store here. How about this for a, uh, we didn't get our shipment. We're going to have to cancel your order. How about that for a line? Yeah. So we had to go, we went the old honey baked ham route and got a whole meal from like a local honey baked ham franchise or whatever. Uh, but yeah, our first order, we got a phone call like what, two days ago canceled uh our truck is not going to be here in time exact quote can you imagine oh i i yeah i actually can because the conversations we're having and we shared them last week i, I mean i believe anything yeah, at this yeah, point but if you've sold all these dinners <laughs> yeah. and then you're having to go call or email all these people i mean could just that's where i go can you imagine like you waited for this moment. Like your business is so much around these like, mo and then gone, like nothing. Yeah. Shows it, up. And, and let me tell you, man, it's, it's sort of like one of the weirdest things is like, they've actually caught on more and more people want the meal prepared for them. So it's like, they've actually turned a corner. When I first started doing this, everybody in my life made fun of me. They're like, Oh, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And in a few short years, it's like, everybody's kind of on board. Right. And you, you see it in your neck of the woods too. I mean, everybody's just kind of like, Hey, you know what? This makes sense. I don't really like cooking everything. We'll spot cook some stuff, you know, scallop potato. I mean, you can do some little stuff, but the craziest part is, yeah, here's they've turned a corner in America. Everybody wants to buy their Thanksgiving dinner. And these people have to tell them, uh, yeah, we're not going to get our shipment. Oh God. You know what you just reminded me of when you said honey baked ham is our not is our old landlord not a not so the, the the warehouse we were just at but the people it was the guy that died right so there was this the guy that owned these buildings for literally decades and decades he was i think the last he was like 94 or something the last time i saw him i mean we always joke because he literally would he would step about two inches every time he walked <laughs> and he would just kind of waddle himself but he 90 plus years old still drove around still checked on his properties like he was a still regular going guy until he, until he died. Well, his, his daughter who kind of ran most of the stuff would give out honey baked ham gift cards. And when you said that, I go, God damn it. I have some honey baked ham gift cards. I'm one of those guys that never uses their gift cards. I never do either. People I give me that stuff do. and I'm like, and I'm like, uh, we're here. I just had this conversation. Somebody somewhere in my life told me they got an Arby's gift card, like for something, something random. And they go, I don't even know how much money is up there on this. So then they text me later when they used it. Somebody gave out an Arby's gift card with $5 on it. 
I was laughing so hard. I said, you actually, would you get like half a French fry at that place? And he goes, dude, can you believe that they gave a gift of $5 to Arby's? He goes, you can't even get a sandwich at Arby's for $5. I gift cards are a bizarre thing because I, number one, if you carry all the ones you get, your wallet's like 10 inches thick. So there's no way to carry them. And then when you're at some place, you don't have it. it I, I'm the same way as you. Gift cards are not something I do well with. I found a bunch of them, though, when, when my girlfriend was moving in and we were going through shit. <laughs> like, I found a drawer. Like, there's hundreds and hundreds of dollars on gift cards in a drawer now. <laughs> like, $300 to a hotel. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how many years I've had that. Like, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I hear so, that. Uh, all right, so I am I am selling fall allergies and I'm buying neti pots. I don't know if you've ever even heard of a I've neti never pot. Used, I've never used one, but okay, I've heard of them. Heard of it, but you used it. So this weekend, right, and it came through. I don't know Thursday or so last week. The cool front, and so here in the Midwest, especially in Oklahoma, as, as you remember growing up, right, like. When that cold front comes in, your body changes, the environment changes, what you breathe changes, shit's dying, you're breathing it in, it's horrible. And we all catch just this fall allergy, right? I've got it, I'm coughing up shit all day. But I introduced my girlfriend and her family to the neti pot. Now, for those of you that don't know, a neti pot is one of the most ancient bullshit things that works <laughs> amazing, right? Like, it freaks you out but what it does is insane. So you stick, it's just, it really, it looks like a teapot, right? And you put some, you can't do too hot of water. Do too hot of water, that fucks you up. I don't know if you've ever done like, I did too hot one time and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh shit. So, <laughs> but you put just a nice mild, you know, good medium warm water. And then I get this little stuff you put in, shake it up. And it's in this little pot. And what you do is you stick it in one nostril and then you got to kind of lean forward and bend over and at the same time kind of like press up against the little whatever that flapper is that doesn't allow you know liquid to come down your nose into your well listen I, my girlfriend didn't do that part and she's in the sink like going <laughs> because that stuff is nasty you know i don't know if it's like a salt water or something i don't know what they put in that but you drink, I mean, she was about to gag and throw up, but she couldn't do it. And I was just sitting there, but look, watch. And you do it, and like, I'm telling you, man, all this stuff up here just drains right out. You just see all this snot just rolling out your <laughs> nose, man. I, I'm buying as many neti pots as I can find. Oh, They're the best never, invention ever for if you got a head cold. Yeah, never really, never used them, but I know people that do, and they swear by them. So you're, you're on that list. I, I am me and my, uh, as you mentioned last week, me and my new balance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wear my new balance when I'm using uh, my new That's funny, dude. All right. So this is, uh, as you mentioned, this is the, uh, the big week going into Thanksgiving, but then that crazy day that started decades and decades ago, the day after Thanksgiving known as black Friday. Do you remember I, I, I mean, I'd be curious. I wonder if there was an actual date of when Black Friday started. Of, I, of when it's pretty was. much been. It's pretty much been as my whole adult. I mean, I, I mean, it's been around since well, I was an adult, right? Well, that's what I was gonna say. Do you remember as a kid though? I, I don't remember, remember my. I don't remember. Know? I don't. So I just remember going shopping the day after Thanksgiving, and maybe that's why Black Friday started because I just remember we always. We'd go visit my grandma, go do whatever. And like, 
the day after Thanksgiving, you used to always go shopping. It just seemed to be the thing. And then I was always some sales or this and that, but it would be curious wondering now when the actual first Black Friday was. So you didn't growing up, you didn't you didn't go shopping or do anything with mom, dad? No, the, the 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 weird the weird thing is my family definitely does it. Um, it just never really been my thing, right? Like I couldn't stand like going and and, and battling crowds oh, and yeah, I hate shopping. yeah, it's it's really not the shopping, it's the crowd, right? Like it's not it's not like the act of if you were hanging out with your family or whatever, especially as you get older, be like, all right, whatever. We're just plus I'd be like getting orange Julius or something at the food court. You know what I mean? Like I can find shit to do at the mall. The problem is, is that everybody's around you. Like there's no space, especially when it's crowded, right? Like you're just constantly bumping into people. They're bumping into you. You're, you're dodging people. You're having to keep your head up. It's just not that enjoyable. Uh, but I mean, I definitely have family probably like you do. Even to this day, they're going to plan on, Hey, what are we going to do on Friday? They'll go get lunch. They'll go to these stores. They'll, I mean, I, I still have people that are real highly into that. I uh, I don't mind crowds. I actually enjoyed being around crowds for most of my life. It wasn't until after Corona I think I started going. Yeah, I don't think I like people. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but before I used to love crowds and shopping. Uh, I didn't do too well the shopping part. You know, give me just thirty seconds to dig through some shit. I'll throw a bunch yeah. of stuff in my cart. I'll figure it out when I get to the register. Same. I, I don't know. That's just the way I always did it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that big on it. I enjoy watching people and the oh, crowds yeah. and shopping are very interesting to watch. Hey, you, you could be right about that. It can turn into a real show. Yeah. And I bet you now the show's even better than what I remember it, because I'll tell you, man, some of the stuff you see people do out and about now, you just can't even believe is real. Well, even like I said, like, let's go into, if you remember college, you know, let's say somewhere in the, the 2000s, I think it seemed to be when Black Friday really started booming. Yeah. The videos that people would show of fights and people dying oh. and bullshit. Like, I mean, remember Tickle Me Elmo? Oh, like yeah. People, I mean, that, that thing got hot for like a year and people were like gunshot wounds yeah. and, you know, they were at a, Toys R Us didn't even exist anymore fights at a Toys R Us and shit like that. Like, dude, it's, it would, it was crazier back then. I feel like it's much more calm now because you can just go on Amazon or you can go on e-commerce site from here or there and, you know, get whatever you want. But I mean, the crowds are still there. When there's crowds, you're going to see like all next week, we'll, we'll see all the funny videos start to pop up. Did you see this? Did you see that? I mean, that's still going to happen. It's crazy. Did you, so back in the day, right? I know you weren't a big shopper, you said, but I, there wasn't like this hot item that was coming out that you know the iphone 3 and you were like i gotta like mm -hmm. camp out in front of at&t and go get the yeah, iphone 3. I, I actually never did that did you do that i did so uh <laughs> not mm. for the iphone 3 it was worse actually uh i did it for a tablet <laughs> Oh, I didn't even Christ. get the good cool TVs that were out. I didn't get, <laughs> like this would have been like 2011, I think, or 12. You're like, man, you I know? can't wait to get this Microsoft Zoom. It, yeah, it was something like that. It would have been 11. So wife left in 12. So she actually came to see me when I was camping out of Best Buy. So it would have been 2011, uh, or it could have even been 2010. One of those. But I wanted. I, the whole reason I did it was I wanted to not have to do paper billing. Oh I yeah. I was so tired in distribution 
everything was you had to write out these, give the customer a copy, me keep a copy. It's got to go to the bookkeeper. Like it was just ancient. So yeah. I was trying to find an app or, you know, some type of program that I could do billing from. And lo and behold, Best Buy was having this crazy Black Friday deal on a tablet. So I was like, fuck it. After Thanksgiving lunch, I go and camp out. And you got to camp out all the way until, I don't even, I think it was midnight. So I was there for at least, I mean, uh, probably got there about two. I mean, I was there for 10 hours, just oh, hanging out. out. No, yeah. no chance. Hanging no out. No chance. But I was about, I don't know, 100th or so in line. And I was like, cool, I got a good shot at this. I got a good shot. Well, when they, they walk around with little tickets and they ask you, about an hour or so before, and they ask you, well, what are you, what are you here to get? I told them the tablet, and they go, oh, okay. Well, well, hold on a second. <laughs> Why was that so funny? And they're like, oh, you're like the only one here for that. I was like, motherfucker, <laughs> like, I didn't have to sit here the whole yeah. day. I, I could have told you that. just walked up at 11.45. I still would have got it because nobody else cared about that dumb tablet. They were all to get the TVs. Because you remember back yeah. then when as TVs yeah. started getting bigger, everybody had to Everybody have wanted a TV. So fast. Yeah, it, it, there's no, uh, there's no question that was, that was the big item. And I don't know how big it is now. I mean, TVs are so affordable. I mean, you can get a super high quality TV for literally, you know, a few thousand bucks when it used to be 10 grand for those types of TVs back in the day. So I, I don't know what the high, hot items are this year. I know one thing, Black Friday has taken on a whole different meaning. I mean, we, you know, we run a business together i mean we, we we've seen it black friday used to be a day then it was the weekend then it extended through monday of the following week and now you know we basically have watched people spit out deals for two weeks straight now and, and it'll go they'll probably end up you know 20 some days of deals in the month of november i mean it's a pretty wild thing i think it's interesting as you and i were talking and i mean we jumped in today right as we yeah. kind of call it now black friday week Right. Yeah. Like it used yeah. to be black. Like you're right. You know, day, then an hour, then you know, it grew. Cyber Monday, you had a really interesting theory on what could happen over the next years of Cyber Monday to Christmas. Yeah. What I, what I think we're seeing, because again, you're only a few short years away from where it was Friday to Sunday. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. You're only talking about a few years ago. Then it's Friday to Monday. Now it's the whole week. Now it's the week prior. Okay, so let's think about what the logical thing is going to be here. We're going to get to a point, especially if the, if the economic data is correct and things are slowing down, you could be within a few short years of essentially from Black Friday until Christmas Eve, just running nothing but deals at retailers because that's it's the race to the bottom, right? Once it starts, and look, you can see it in our industry. It's not even about looking at someone else's industry. Name me a time that you had two weeks of Black Friday deals in car care. And guess what we saw this year? Two weeks of deals. You know, again, it is what it is. People can do what they want to do. But the reality is that's where we're headed. We're headed to this moment in time. And I don't think it'll take five years to get there. I think within a few short years, we're going to be the whole month from Black Friday on to Christmas Eve, we're going to see deals. And I wouldn't be surprised if it ran all the way through New Year's Eve, you know, because everybody likes that day after Christmas sale and that kind of thing. 
I mean, it looks like we could be looking at basically the last week in November all the way to the beginning of the next year being sale, sale, sale. It'll be interesting. Not, not only interesting of who I, I really wonder, you know, if anybody wants to hop on the community pub Wednesday night, seven thirty central and tell us who invented black Friday. I'd be really, really curious to know it's what's been interesting is, is wondering, you know, what happens, right? So what's happened from people that invented sanding, you know, that come on and said they invent sanding and, and, and horror stories that come after, right? Like, could you imagine though, who really did invent sanding? Who was the first and that, you know, <laughs> those people that actually did it way before, uh, what do you think some of those horror stories might've happened when early, early sanding? Could you, I mean, Oh God, just, just trying to figure it all out. You know, I mean, you're talking about not fine abrasive, you know, and now we're dealing with crazy abrasive technology and sandpaper you know, I mean, if a dry piece of sandpaper back in the day touched the paint, who the hell knows? I mean, it might have just can't come right off. Uh, you were dealing with a little bit thicker paint systems. So they did have more wiggle room, where now you use sandpaper and you got a couple mils of paint, things get dangerous really quickly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I can only imagine the horror stories. And, and you and I have talked, I mean, the detailing horror stories we've all heard, uh, are sometimes mind blowing, but a lot of times 20 years in, they're not, you know, you just kind of roll with the punches and say, yeah, I've kind of heard something like that similar. So, I mean, yeah, there's always some, you know, progression through the industry uh, as we begin. I, that is true. The paint changes. So then of course the adaptation of, of the actual sandpaper uh, is going to change. But so could you imagine ever getting to the point, though, of buffing a car with he not even using a pad? Uh, can I imagine it? Yes, because oh, uh, here's the craziest thing. So we'll, we'll, we'll set this story up because it's, it's really something I haven't heard much of in my career. Uh, but we get a, a detailer. Uh, who I have a good relationship with out of San Diego. And he basically says he's in a situation. A customer's called him and said, Hey, uh, you know, can you help me with my car? Unfortunately, as most of us have experienced, he sort of calls the detailer at the wrong moment. Should have probably picked up the phone a few days earlier. So the customer basically has contamination from spray, uh, over spray of paint on his car. So that's where this all starts. The customer sees that he has overspray on his car from the paint, you know, wants to get it off. Has a black GMC truck. Oof, that's tough. So. Tell me the, about my nemesis right there. Yeah. Black tell, GMC. So here's the deal. It occurs to this guy with his $50,000 or so truck. I can do this myself clicks on a YouTube video before anybody asks. I have no idea who he watched. I have no idea what information he consumed. So I don't have that part of the story. Heads on down to the place, you know, things don't go well for DIY car care, Harbor Freight. Gets a Harbor Freight DA, picks up some compound and polish. I think they take, they do uh, Meguiar's 110 and 210 on stock. So I'm guessing that's what he used. I didn't get that definition, but it really doesn't matter because he picked himself up some old bonnets. Ooh, I like 
like the bonnets. Is it the little <laughs> white ones with the little tie on the bonnet? And then you wrap it around to make sure you get it tied. Oh, yeah. So yeah. he's got a bunch of bonnets. I don't know if he also had pads or not, but the story is really about the bonnet. So he's going to get the contamination off. Watch this YouTube video. Evidently, nobody talked to him about a clay bar or clay mitt or clay pad or scrub pad from, from some of these uh, like nanoskin type companies. Don't know. Don't know what he consumed. So anyway, the guy puts a few dots of compound or polish. I'm not really sure. And as you guys will see, it won't really matter here in a minute. Calls a detailer and says, yeah, somewhere along the way when I was doing this, the bonnet fell off. And that That's was sort of, tied it, huh? and didn't, that didn't was go through all that tying. I'm telling you, that, that shit was miserable. <laughs> those things you got this little tiny cord and you're up in there. Yeah. Like, so just kept going. And so now it's backing plate to paint. And by all accounts did some version of about the entire truck, maybe not the entire truck, maybe missed some spots with the backing plate, but polished a car with the backing plate. So did he at least go reapply compound to his back? I, see, plate? I didn't get this, but this is my honest question as well. I, you know, I don't think so. this, this is no way. No, I, I know. So the weirdest thing is this guy calls my buddy in, in, in San Diego and, and tells him the story. And obviously early in your career, you're really shocked by these types of stories, right? We all were. Somebody told you something crazy and you were just mind blown. You had to hang up and kind of get your bearings to, to like go talk to this person because you're like, I can't believe what I'm hearing, right? Like it just doesn't make any sense that a human being just told me they polished a black GMC truck with their backing plate. Now, mind you, the truck is only a few years old. So it gets to this interesting question. You saw the picture of this truck. This truck, best case scenario, some of it can be salvaged with really heavy cut compound and polish, maybe some sanding, but there's definitely no clear coat left, right? We're at a point where there is no clear coat. Now you're just trying to like shine it up, get it to the dealership, get it sold. Like you're rushing a whole bunch of things, but here's what, uh, here's what I think a lot of people don't think about in these situations. So you're in a situation where this guy tells you this. And now the first thing that comes to mind is what an idiot, right? Like that's the first thing that professionals, all of us think is like, how could you, how could you do this? And it brings up an interesting thought. Every time I hear one of these stories is there's a big effort in our industry to talk about the cheap detailer, to talk about the, the, the training everybody needs to go through. And if we do these certifications and we do all like, and we agree there's a place, right? We've always said that on this show, people always miss that, but I'll say it again. There's a place for all of that, but those aren't really the issues. The issues are a man walked out of his house, put what he considered to be a ton of effort into fixing his own truck and damaged a car to the point of in the hottest truck market on the planet, he's still going to get dinged for this mistake because you're probably looking at a full repaint. And it never entered his mind that, hey, this is a fifty or $1,000 truck or more in today's market. 
And I probably don't have the expertise to be putting a machine on the paint. See, this is to me, and I've said it for basically going on as we turn the calendar here, it'll be pretty close to two years on our episodes. This has been my point all along. The customer, the average car owner is clueless. And so the advice I gave to the detailer was this is a time to be a professional. You need to educate this customer. But Marty, you and I both know a guy going down to, to, to Harbor Freight to DIY it himself, is he going to pay the multiple thousands of dollars to get the truck fixed? I mean, well, I mean, I figure that's probably what he did, right? He probably called around, got some quotes. You think? I don't know. I mean, it, it would be really curious. Like you said, we don't know what he did before. He didn't reach out to the, the detailer that reached out to you until a couple of days later. But yeah, I'd be curious to know what went through his mind. Was those, did he get a price or was he just sold off of YouTube that he could do it? Right? Like, well, I, I, I think this is, video. yeah. Listen, I watch cooking videos. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Me too. I, me too. I watch, I, you know, don't, don't accuse me of anything wrong, but I actually watched some gardening videos one time while I was wearing uh -oh. my New Balance. Man, I'm getting a around, lot of calls. I got to hop mall, off here. You know? Like, <laughs> Like, like, dude, it's, it we all watch mean stuff. You can do it. Yeah. This is, this is the craziest thing. I will go on record and say this as many times as people will let me say it in a public forum. The craziest thing is car guy. There is no crazier moment than somebody trying to work on their car and not putting two and two together that this is a 20, 30, 50, hundred, $300,000 piece of machinery. It, it is the most bizarre thing that most people spend now. Look at the prices. I mean, a Jeep Wagoneer, we were joking about Wagoneers. I mean, those are six-figure cars. That, this is no longer, hey, I'm trying to go out in my driveway and goof around type of money. You know, this isn't a Honda Civic anymore. You know, what you used to be able to pick up for nine grand. This is a $110,000 SUV, and it isn't registering to people if I go out there and make a mistake, this is no longer a $500 mistake. So let's put it in perspective for the young detailers that have maybe never come in contact with it, or maybe you've detailed a long time and never had this conversation. Factory finish paint ain't cheap to have done right. Now you can go to Mako or wherever and get a hundred dollar paint job. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about high quality, going to last a lifetime paint. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars. That's the kind of conversation we're having. And when this detailer relayed it to this guy, he probably wasn't that shocked. That's the other issue. It's like, dude, you made such a boneheaded move here. One few hour trip to Harbor Freight and back to your driveway could have been a $20,000 mistake. Now you want to talk, let's just start, stop with the word ignorance on this. The level of stupidity of that kind of trip, and I've made some bad trips in my life. I've made some bad purchases. I've made some bad screw-ups. You have, I have, the world has. But I'm not sure I've had a two-hour trip to Harbor Freight and back that cost me 20 grand. I, I just don't think I've made that trip. And when I showed you the picture this morning, you were like, oh my God, okay. like this didn't really happen, did it? It's like, no, it that's real life. But this is the part that our industry never accepts. 
which is this is really what you're battling because maybe he called, maybe he got prices and mind you for just a decontamination service, this detailer informed this client when he called them, it's somewhere between three and $500 to have this done professionally by me. He's good. He's honest. He's a good detailer, runs a good business. This guy went to Harbor Freight, took all of his time, bought all the supplies. What did he save? If he did call around for a price and somebody could have done it professionally for 400 bucks, what did he really save? Because that stuff wasn't $0. Your time isn't $0. Now the screw up definitely isn't $0. So this is what you battle. It's, we're not even talking about $10,000 to put paint protection film on. We're talking about a, a couple hundred bucks to get the contamination off your car. And this guy cost himself thousands. Now he's going to go to the dealership, which is what he informed uh, the detailer he was going to do. And in the hottest truck market on the planet, they're going to make him take a bath on that. Now he might still make out okay, but he might, that might be a $5,000 trade-in mistake. That's real money. And, and we just don't talk about it nearly enough. And it's such a bizarre story. We had to share it. Like, yeah. So I, I don't know about you. I'm curious to know about, you know, fun things over the past 10 plus years, 20 plus years in the industry, you know, things that have gone a wire <laughs> for me. I have the only thing I've actually done to a car like that was, uh, you know, just your atypical, which we talked about, you know, you got to, you're learning how to rotary buff and you burn yep. some shit up, right? You know, it is what it is. You get the yep. stuff fixed and move on. And we saw people here that, that, that tell you they still burn paint. I mean, they'll come on and say, Hey, you know, my shop, we, we still push it to the limit and, you know, we'll burn an edge here or there and we'll, we'll be at the body shop later. Like, you know, when you push it with a rotary, you, you're pushing it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but anything else besides a rotary where you have a horror story? Listen, for me, I did the only thing as a mobile detailer, and it wasn't really a horror story. I had it fixed in a couple hours was, was pulling a car out of a customer's garage and they had done something different with the flower bed and put in this little rock section. I hit it, called somebody to come over and repair the wheel. And it was, we were in and out real quick, right? Yeah. No issues, customer. We told them, but and said, take a look at it. Please let us know, right? Yeah. Had no, I, the, the only thing I had that wasn't related to detailing, but was me backing a car in is a BMW i8, which is like one of the worst vehicles ever built to get in and out of. It was their first electric on that scale. It was absolutely horrific. I hated the car. I hated getting in and out of it. I hate everything about it. Customer had some like... Uh, overhanging thing put in their driveway so it had all these posts why well, didn't recognize that the posts were there you couldn't see out of the back of this thing and just kind of bumped it and you know had to basically pay to have the bumper resprayed you know it, the customer actually didn't care that much it wasn't a huge mistake but you know again we had an incident with a bentley i shared with you you know a two hundred thousand dollar bentley a guy hired uh you know, somebody he thought was a detailer who wasn't, uh, wasn't even representing himself as a detailer. It was just a friend that recommended this guy that works like in his driveway or whatever on his own cars, uh, took a rotary, basically burnt the whole paint system. And I think he paid like 50 grand to have that Bentley re repainted, uh, insurance covered something I'm sure. 
uh, but it was a $50,000 plus mistake. And, and again, you know, not really a professional detailer who did it, you know, wasn't even somebody representing himself as a detailer. It was just, Hey, I know this guy that can do that work. Uh, you know, he goofs off on his cars and that guy's still a customer of mine, dude. And when we have a conversation about that moment in time, here's a really, really smart guy that just didn't take the time to think it through. And he's like, yeah, it was just, I knew better and I just didn't do the right thing. And it, this is the crazy thing. It's not always about somebody isn't intelligent enough. It's nobody's ever told them or, or explained to them the outcome of something going poorly. So they don't think about that because it's not even in your radar of, it's like, you know, you're a mechanic. You never think your car is going to fall off the lift, but cars fall off the lift all the time at mechanic shops, right? Like you just don't, just doesn't come up. Right. And this, that's just, that's just the bottom line of all of this is you, know, you, you look at this backing plate story and you look at the Bentley story and the stories we have over the years and you just go, I don't think people put two and two together of what we really need to be talking about. And is the car owner just doesn't understand. And it's, it, they just don't get it. Oh, speaking of Bentley's, I also have a Bentley story. <laughs> uh, but so most of my horror stories for, as a detailer, right? That was it, right? I burned a little paint. I, I backed a car out, hit something. That's it, right? My horror stories happened as I moved over into the car wash, right? <laughs> Build a car wash uh, with some customers. You get people that come to start working for you. You learn things about people's education levels and whereabouts and things. And I also learned that I should not have acid at the front of the tunnel to spray on really nasty rims. You know, as you're detailing, you're used to spraying on, you know, I, I always loved acid. And back when acid was really good, you know, you fucking choked yourself out spraying at one time. Yeah. But, but you want to talk about everything coming off of that rim? Listen, yeah. that was the old hydrophoric acid that was really, really rough. It was great shit, though. Well, yeah. That was a true Bentley. no touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true no touch, no doubt. Well, we fucking no touch some Bentley rims that cost about twelve grand. Uh, yeah. Customer brand new brings it in. Well, oh, we have two actually. Then we had a we had a Ferrari that came in the first time to get a wash. Now everybody, I get it. This is where all the detailers nowadays take photos of all these cool cars that go through car wash and like you're fucking shit up. Well, yeah, we fuck shit up. Like it, it is what it is. Like the crazy part for us though is on the railing when you when you're you've got basically a pull or a yeah. push with a car wash chain, and we had the push where it goes and gets in the back tire and then pushes the car. Well, on a pull, I guess it pulls it one way and if a push it pushes it towards uh, another way i don't know i don't remember which but it, it always will lean one way so i think it was supposed to push to the right but either way whoever set up our equipment put the railing right you have this big steel metal that goes through the middle yeah and there's a plastic <laughs> railing that's supposed to go or, or a cover that goes on the railing well they only put it on the inside and so a brand new, the Remy's still know them. They built this big center and did all this cool shit here. Well, brings me this Ferrari and like, oh, we just wash it. We're just so excited. You guys have this car wash. Da, da, da. Cool. Run it through. Well, if you remember, this would have been 2006. 
those Ferrari rims, there was this little part that came out over it, and it kind of like did this, yep. and and basically that rim rolled on top of metal instead of a down. plastic covering 110 feet down a tunnel. <laughs> so in our first year of business, we fucked up Bentley rims and Ferrari rims. Learning a lot of lessons quick. Learn a lot of lessons. It cost hey, quite like. Here's the thing. People don't, I mean this, the reason we brought this up is because it's such a bizarre story, you know, with the backing plate and whatnot, but you know, people don't, I don't think put two and two together of should a guy with a Ferrari, no matter how nice the car wash is, I don't care whose it is. Should they be there? And the answer is no. Every we know it now, right? Like 100%, we all know that they shouldn't be there. And why? Because you know, the big laundry list of things that car washes aren't responsible for that you see at every car wash. That's why the Ferrari owner shouldn't be there. It was before we had that sign up. Yeah, but, but here's the deal. You guys had it there somewhere. You guys end up putting later. it somewhere. Yeah, but, you know, this is the funniest part is. $20,000 later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the most expensive laminated poster you guys have ever purchased. I mean, it. but, I mean, we all understand it, but that Ferrari owner, I mean, if he's not a car person, just because you own one doesn't mean you're a car guy. You know, and it doesn't mean just because you're a car guy, you know how to take care of your car either. That's been proven a billion times over. So the weird thing is, you know, what the advice I end up giving this, this, this detailer, because he asked me what I would do. I said, this is your moment to act like a true professional. There's almost a 0% chance that a guy that goes down to Harbor Freight and buys a bonnet and tries to fix his own Chevy truck or GMC truck is going to pay a couple thousand dollars for you to fix this truck but you need to give them the price. And then you need to go on like a five minute rant, a professional rant about the cost of this mistake and about how much paint systems cost and how why you should hire a professional. It's your good deed to do that when these things present themselves. Now, what do most detailing companies do? Uh, it's $3,500 click, right? Like let's, but this guy just didn't know better. I don't think he's doing something malicious. And when everybody says we need more professionalism, where are the professionals? If that guy calls you, which way you handle him, that's how I determine if you're a real professional. Because I know that five-minute phone call, hey, there's a 1% chance this guy's going to buy from me. But if I care about the industry as much as people blow hard about that, and they care about all this stuff, and they care, then what you do when that kind of guy calls you says a lot more about your professionalism than anything else. And it sounds corny and I understand, but anyway, this detailer did that. You know what he called me back and said, he goes, man, I feel really good that I did that. Because you know what? This guy can never go anywhere else in life and say he wasn't told how expensive this type of stuff is, how expensive it is to screw it up. So it's your good deed. And guess what? The guy wasn't going to buy from him but he took the five to seven minutes out of his life to just kind of educate the guy and say, this is a bigger deal than what you think. Could you imagine being his age and having the phone number to an owner that's been in the business 20 plus years now owns a chemical business and you're able to get the advice. Could you imagine what that would mean to you back in the day? 
Oh, it would have been, it would have meant everything to me because I, I would have called everybody. And, and look, I still reach out to people as do you. I mean, we talk to so many people uh, behind the scenes that guys don't know our vendors. I mean, we pick the brains. This is how you and I are. So if I would have had that back then, it would have been life-changing for me. Yeah. I, I would have done a lot of things differently. And, and here's the thing. I'll give him one piece of credit. He utilizes it. I mean, he, I told him, go make an Instagram post, make sure you explain to people what you saw and what's going on. And, you know, he did such a great job. He has the most views basically, I think of any video he's done. It caught fire for him and his business. Like professionalism in this industry looks a lot different than what I think gets talked about in those moments. You can turn something that seemingly everybody hangs up the phone on into something that, that benefits your business long-term. All right. Well, so curious this year, um, Best Buy or are you going straight to Walmart for the Black Friday? What are you I'll tell doing? you what I'm doing. A lot of things for the shop. You know, look, I've been I've been uh, brown bagging it here, you know, for all those people that have it great at their shop, still haven't purchased a refrigerator. You know, Marty's over living in Tulsa in luxury, mm -hmm. microwaves, everything Microwave. he wants over there. Oh, yeah. So I've been eating cold lunches and you know, whatever. So I got to get refrigerator for the shop. Uh, I think I'm going to have to make a call on some flooring. Uh, the flooring isn't exactly panning out. Like I called about a month ago, but yeah, we're doing a lot of, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of searching this weekend for things for the shop. So, um, that's what I'm going to do. Oh, there he is. So here's one of my microwaves. Um, <laughs> one that as we moved into this place, they didn't have the electric stuff, right? So it blew a fuse as soon as I plugged it in. So. <laughs> Yeah, so Marty's just living a life of luxury over there at Hyperclean yeah. headquarters while I'm over here slumming it. Speaking of that, I guess I better throw it away, but I'm from that old school. You just keep it around <laughs> until you figure out if you're going to fix it or not. Because I definitely years. know because we pay uh, people to clean up uh, and throw away. So I, I know that you're uh, from the school of I'm going to keep everything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe eventually I'll get it discarded, uh, but I do have a working microwave now, and our electricity is A-OK. -okay. Yeah, Marty just living the dream. Living the dream, man, living yeah, the dream. That's awesome. All right, man, hope you have a great week. Enjoy uh, Thanksgiving with the fam, and uh, probably uh, what? Are you, no cooking at all this year, is that what you said? I don't know. We'll do some stuff. I'm sure we'll do, you know, some potatoes or they, I don't know, whatever, whatever, they don't, whatever they don't include. You know, you always have I'm to do some. The, uh, I'm on the duty of Oreo ice cream. That's a, that's a family tradition. Ever since I was a kid, we blend up this stuff and make, anyway, it's, it's what we do. And we're, I'm going to eat the whole pan and I might <laughs> save a little bit for the kids. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it, man. Everybody have right, a good have Thanksgiving a out there. Hey, this is Marshall. And if you got anything out of this episode, listen, it was a lot of fun talking through some good stuff. So please go share it too. If you're in Facebook groups, go share it, share it out. Let people know. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. And please, join us in the HyperClean Specialist Facebook group. I'll see you there. Ooh.